Hello, all you nerds and virgins out there. Welcome back. Brad, how you doing? Good. Congrats to the uh, Texas Rangers winning the World Series. Bro, I'm like, I'm so happy that they won. I've got a buddy, well, a family. He's like my cousin by marriage. He's Stacy's cousin, so whatever. Mm -hmm. But he lives in Texas. He's been a Rangers fan his whole life. He hates me because I'm a Yankee fan, and I've experienced this like a lot. And uh, he texts me right when they did it, and he's like, oh, we won. I was like, yeah, that's awesome. He went to one of the games. Of course, he went to the game they lost at home, but uh, – <laughs> but, and that was uh, the only the only game that was even remotely close. Oh yeah, the the Rangers. I mean, that, oh, uh, I feel bad close. for Mets fans. Yeah, dude, Degrom left and immediately won a World Series. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's cool though, man. I mean, first first World Series win for them in like sixty something years. So fifty eight years, man. That's I mean, it's insane. But definitely great playing, um, Adolis. You men among children beating the crap out of that ball with some homies so but yeah congratulations to the texas rangers yeah and any of uh, our listeners who are fans which i don't know who is but you know whatever yeah i mean hey congratulations to you so as a yankees fan welcome finally to the club <laughs> yeah um yeah so we got to get this going man because i got some football to watch Steelers oh yeah tonight. yeah man i i uh i uh Dude, I think who who do I have? I have someone playing tonight. Oh yeah, I got Henry in, and I don't know if I want to keep him in. Mm. Uh, you might do pretty well with him. I don't know. Pittsburgh's defense decides the run, to the run stop defense the run again. every now and I know they're not good, but they every now and again, when I have a, a running back against the Steelers, they become the Cleveland Browns against the run, <laughs> and it's stupid. So, yeah. but all right, yeah. let's knock it. We'll see. Um. Before we get started, next week we have a uh, listeners question show. So yep. if you got any questions, you can email us at therealcatchpodcast at gmail.com or you can go to our Instagram page and submit questions to the uh, messages. So get those in. We already got a bunch. So next week's episode is going to be pretty awesome. I'm pumped, but I'm pumped for this episode because I need a lot of what we're going to talk about. So get it rolling, Matt. Who do we got? So this week, super excited to welcome Chad Pipkins to the podcast. Chad, how you doing, man? I'm doing good. What's up, guys? If you guys are giving congratulations to somebody, you better be giving it to the Detroit Lions right now because I said it before the year started. Super Bowl 2024 champs. Let's go. Dude, if that They're happens, yeah. if that happens, that would be, I, I, I'd be happy for you guys. That'd be I'm awesome. I'm going to say, I mean, as, do, a, as, a, as a Browns fan, I completely understand the last while of our struggles. So I, if you I don't know anything about that, except my neighbor's a diehard Browns fan. So now I watch the Browns a little bit too. I'm like, all right, he's got, we got to stand on the same stuff going on. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 It's, it's a, uh, it's a constant uphill battle. No Browns matter how good Super our Bowl players are. Makes that, that would be amazing. 
Dude, if the Browns and the Lions were in the Super Bowl, I think like that would be insane. Yeah, both states would be bad. Yeah. Oh yeah, I mean we already don't love each other, so that would be insane. Yeah. But but Chad, for all the people out there who don't know who you are, and I'm surprised there'd be any, but give them kind of a background real quick: who you are, where you come from. Well, dude, I'm, there's a lot that don't know who you are. I can't tell you how many times I get met. Oh man, do you still fish the Elite Series? I'm like. Yeah, it's like my 11th year, made six classics. But the crazy thing is, dude, no, nobody knows unless they, like, tune in and follow Bass Live. Not even live, like, literally check the leaderboard. Unless you're in the top six to ten, you know, four or five, three, four or five times a year. And may, you, you just – you don't get noticed, which is fine. I'm, I, you know, I'm okay with that once in a while. I make a living for my family. It's it's wonderful. I love what I do. But it's like I've been in the game long enough. Like, I'm like let's go. I've had some of that where I get, you know, two or three good ones, and then I just – crapped the bed a couple of times. I'm like, dude, it just, I feel like I'm ready to have a breakout year. And I thought it was going to be this year. I broke out. I just broke the bottom out and fell through. And <laughs> just, like, this year I just had one of those deals. It was just bad. And I'm hoping I got them all out of the way for the next few years. Cause like I've been close. I just mm-hmm. wasn't happening this year. Like I said, fish, fish elite series, long time, made some classics. I've led on day one, day two, day three, just never led when it counts. So we need to change that sometime. Uh, well, I love it every every day. So can't complain. You're uh, you're from Michigan, right? Yeah, yep. So so you prefer the uh, northern swing? I do, and I I would say I always do. Except this year, I just got smacked. I got smoked. Mm-hmm. Like I, I haven't missed a check up north in a long time. Like that's mm-hmm. where I have chances to win. Um, the only tournaments I've really led are you know Texas or Lake Fork, Sabine River in Texas. Uh, I've led Mississippi River before throwing a frog, which I don't really throw a frog much. So. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you just never know like when it's gonna happen. And I let a pickwick. I'm a, I'm a chatterbait too at day three. But oh yeah. It's the only win I have in an open on St. Clair. And this year I just got destroyed when we came up north. And it's one of those, man, you, you the longer you're in the game, like you gotta ride the waves, whether you're positive, mm-hmm. negative, whatever it is, it's gonna happen. Like sometimes the guys that like, you know, Kevin Van Dam, his worst year was one of the years I made the class. He finished fifty-fifth and missed his first classic. That's when everything went wrong for him. Mm-hmm. You know, and years before, like I had a year when it went bad and you might finish 90th or 100th. Now I feel like most of the things that could have went wrong for me this year did. And I finished around 80th, like 81st or second or something. I, I blacked out and forgot, but I was down there. But like, dude, it's it's such a tight race. I mean, like I missed the classic by now, 150, point, 160, whatever it is. But I mean, literally Lake St. Clair, I, I could have won. Like I really, I was on the fish to win. I finished it terribly, you know, I had like 17, 18 pounds, which was like 90th place. But like, if you'd have told me the day before, like I thought I, if I had an hour to two hours to fish, I could catch anywhere from 21 to 24 pounds. If I had three or four hours, I mean, it was, it was really good. And it just mm-hmm. had some strong winds and it just, they just got in a funk and left. And like similar stuff happens like that in Florida, you get 25 bites a day, you hook two big ones every day. And you lose them every day. Yeah. <laughs> reason, like one just pulls off, one wraps on something. And then you go to the other Florida place, you're catching giants on a chatterbait out deep. And then the guy that wins is out just outside fishing timber. And for whatever reason, the timber fish don't leave to come into the deep grass fish. But the deep grass fish that I'm fishing leave to go to the bank to spawn. And I'm left in like the zone <laughs> where they just weren't anymore. <laughs> Dude, and it was. You know, just a little bit of everything in most of the tournaments we fished. The only one it wasn't was at the Sabine when I had the mm-hmm. worst practice of the year. The worst practice I've ever had at the Sabine. And it actually just settled me down because usually I go there and I've got fish here, there, you know, here. And I try to run it and I end up missing those windows. Well, this time I didn't. And I went to where I called them in practice. I'm like, 
well, go figure. They're not here. Mm-hmm. I'll just keep yeah. around. And then I refound those fish each day. And that was why I did well there because I didn't have anything else to do. You know, sometimes mm-hmm. that's, that's the deal. I'm yeah. About to say, yeah. You cracked uh, top 10 at Zabim. So that's even crazier to know it was uh, bad practice. Yeah, dude. You, I, I mean, um, Brock caught him. I mean, I, I'm pulling Brock's had more seconds than anybody out there. But like, dude, I had the bites to probably win that first day. I mean, I caught him you know, six, six pounder. I caught the biggest bag of the tournament with 14 something. I mean, I had the bites to win the next couple of days that on day four, I caught a three twelve. I lost like a three and a quarter, a two and three. I mean, it was just, you know, they're on crankbaits and stuff and yeah, missing flipping fish. But like you look back and you, there's some, some things you mess up that you can control like the crankbait fish. I mean, they were getting a back hook. I caught a couple like that too, because they were just mm-hmm. reacting. But on day two, like I, I did a good job of relocating fish I got on a pitch in a crawl, like just at the right time, but I was so jacked up. Like I'd pitch in there and all of a sudden one would like almost jump out of the water and get it. And I'm stealing my stuff. That happened twice. And I'm like, well, this is not happening again. And the next one that did it, I let it eat it. And it's like a three pounder and I freaking jack it and break it off. Cause I'm so pumped up. And I'm like, you are an idiot. Let's get, I didn't even have the, I was just throwing like 16 pound line. I wasn't mm. really on flipping much put that down, get out the right rod, you know, for the deal and catch one to catch my fifth one. But I'm like, I just lost nine pounds in like 35 minutes, which at the Sabine, that's like catching shoot. Yeah. 10 pounds. Oh, a day yeah. Weeks, you know, so. but yeah, that's crazy. It's crazy because you said, uh, having, having a good practice or good and bad practice. I can kind of relate to that because I always have a good practice and then I'd suck during tournament. <laughs> but if I had a bad practice, I'd be have a good tournament. So I, I don't know what the deal with that was, but yeah, there's different funny. places. Like you really, like if you go out, you can have a good practice. A lot of times you've got enough days to put it together. Mm-hmm. The difference is getting the practice that you can put together the tournament for, you know, and there's yeah. certain places where like you might fish different areas and run around a little bit, mm-hmm. but you better know, like it's time to settle. Like in Florida, if you pick your troll motor up more than two or three times a day, you will lose. You will get your teeth kicked in because the fish move, they turn on, they turn off, they pull up in the afternoon. So if you're trying to hit sweet spots here and there, you're going to get smoked. And that's typically how I like to fish. But recently, you know, last five, six years, I'm just, you got to get an area and you got to mill around. That's just what it does. And there's places that you can do that and other places you can run around, but you just got to start to kind of learn what's what, I guess. Hmm, that's interesting. <laughs> I've never actually fished Florida. I think Matt has, but so I yeah. can't really talk much about it. I fished, uh, uh, Okeechobee is the only lake down there I fish, which is, I, it was awesome. Um, I love Okeechobee. I know a lot of people, especially go down there, they go with guides and stuff, but my buddy lives right by there. So he had a boat. Oh, it was great. Um, and then I fished a lot of the, so my wife is a Disney adult. Nice. So yeah, I, I, I don't <laughs> get me wrong. I love going to Disney too, but mm-hmm. we, uh, go down to, we have a air, place in Kissimmee that we go to. And then I, I puddle hop all these little neighborhood ponds yeah, and just get kicked out of almost everyone I can do it. I almost got banned from Disney because I didn't know a pond was on their property. It was behind a gas station, no fence or anything. So I was like, I'm going to fish it. And I went in there and asked the dude, he was like, I don't, I don't know. Sure. Whatever. I was like, cool. That's enough for me. I went back there and I saw a golf cart with Mickey ears coming like blazing. And I was like, Oh no. So I have six (laughs) rods in my hand, bank fishing, like sprinting back to my truck. Oh man. That's not have been amused. Yeah. Oh, did she, my, my, oh, my wife would have. This, I would have been single if we didn't go back to Disney, well, or she yeah, would right. just go and I would sit in the hotel. So that's what would have happened. Fair but, 
<laughs> but so kind of so one thing, like I said at the beginning, I, I'm, I'm probably going to take a lot from this episode. So you always seem to have like that positive mindset and able to kind of control the the chaos. I'm I'm one of those. And I've said it. Our listeners know when stuff starts going wrong, one thing will go wrong and then everything else goes wrong because I start getting yeah. uber pissed and not just staying calm. Uh, how, like when, you know, those days you said a lot of things were going wrong this season. How did you kind of control that chaos? Really? Like what mindset were you in? Yeah, for sure. I mean, dude, chaos brings chaos. That's all that happens. Like when you're not thinking right, you better believe that nothing good is going to happen because it does not like your blood's boiling. You're doing things too quick, too fast, too slow. Like you can't get right. And it just happens that way. If you can try to stay level-headed and, and not blow up and lose your beans. I mean, it, it, it goes a long ways. And the, and the crazy thing about that is like, it's contagious. And there are people in the industry that will suck the life out of you. And there will be people in the industry that like, you will give you life. You know what I mean? And, mm-hmm. and a lot of people want to be around that. So like, you may not catch them every day, but I promise you, if you got the right attitude, like the sponsors like it, the fans like it, and people can feel that and they want mm-hmm. to be around you. If people want to be around you and people believe in what you're doing. You're going to succeed in the sport, whether you win every term or not. Or not. I may not win the re- my entire career, but I will hopefully continue to succeed because of the way I present myself. Cause that's, dude, that's the only thing you control out there, you know? And, and if you can do a good yeah. job of that, other people are like, dude, that's, and, and I've had people when I was, I mean, I, when I led at uh, the Wisconsin, I had, no fish the next day the second day at 1 30 and i was live and i'm like you know i'm catching them i'm gonna catch them it will have like and granted it might not have happened but it did that day when we were live and it was freaking sweet because i got <laughs> i touched my first bass at like 1 30 and i was doing it like 3 15 or something Ooh. and i'm catching my fifth one with five minutes to go catching 13 pounds and stayed in 10th place i didn't win but dude i got like 50 messages online just not it's not about fishing it's about keeping an attitude and whether you fish or not, mm-hmm. whatever you do in life, I promise you, you can do it better if you got the right attitude. And that, again, that's the only thing I know I can control. Cause there's some days out there where I'm like, somebody is trying to beat me down because there is no way this many things. And then, but eventually you keep plugging, you'll get your break. You know what I mean? And, and every unlucky thing you have, you'll get something right. But the difference is when you're not thinking right, you're not even ready to take advantage of when that tide turns, you know, you're just so like, oh, I suck. You miss yeah. that window, you know, and it's just that's. I, I love being around. I've been traveling with a lot of different guys, and I've got good relationship with people. Like me and BP have always got along, and that's like you feed off that. And like when you're around like that kind of stuff, it just feels good. Like you seem to make better decisions and you just do better. I mean, it's easy, right? <laughs> so, sounds like I got to be a better uh, wingman for Matt then. Yeah. Well, what I was going to say it. is like this last <laughs> trip we went out on Sunday and. So, uh, what, two weeks ago, I flipped my kayak, lost a rod, my battery, my big lithium ion battery decided to just give up the ghost. And I was like, so I took this out shakedown run, immediately put the boat in the water. I didn't notice I had foot steering on my kayak. One of the screws popped out of my foot steering. So I had to go to the bank that was just mud and river poo. And I was like trying, I was, I didn't have a screwdriver with me cause I'm an idiot. I don't remember bringing the tools. It's in a different kayak. So I'm using my thumb. Like, you know, when you have a Phillips and you press in there yeah, as hard as you can sure. to like make a screwdriver out of your finger. So I'm doing this in a first cast. I make spinner bait right into a tree and I'm like starting to get yeah. ticked off and everything. And uh, I, I'm looking over at Brad and he was like, what's going on? I was like, I had to put my screw in. I cast into a tree. He's like, Oh, that sucks, man. Well, we're good. We're just to the very beginning. I was like, dude, you know what? You're right. 
And then yeah. we started going down and uh, I didn't catch any big fish, but I caught a smallmouth and I caught a largemouth uh, spotted hybrid that I've never caught on the river and it ended up being a good day. So, I mean, yeah. like, like it, now there are days Brad just gets as mad as I do, but. It, and it's yeah, funny you yeah. say that because it is like you control what you can, but it's easier than said than being done. You know what I mean? But I had a girl in high school or in college. She told me, she's like, Dude, she's like, somebody needs to just punch you in the mouth. It's like, you can't honestly be this happy all the time. I'm like, whatever, you know. But, like, when somebody tells you, they're like, well, maybe I'm just, you're wired different. But it's it's interesting, yeah. like, there's different things in your life that happen when you're on or off the water. And they and they, they change how you fish mm-hmm. because of what you're thinking. And it's funny because, you know, guys get on the baby roll or what, you know, what they call it. Like, is it, dude, if you look at when people are successful, typically it's in mid-40s, like when the tournament angling guys peak. A lot of times you have that window of, and it's around a damn baby and you're like, well, one, they're obviously having some fun. So that's, you know, that's good. That's why they're fishing well. Right. Yeah. But two, they're like, it just changes the perspective on what's going on in the water. Like when you just fish, fishing is all that matters. You lose mm-hmm. that. Like, you lose the fish, this, that, like, that is all you can think about. And you have something else that you freaking love. And you're like, it changes what you're thinking on. And it really does do the first year. Like I had it happen with an injury with my shoulder too. When in 2019, when I messed up my collarbone, or I was, yeah, that was 2019, and I almost missed the season. The first mm-hmm. event, I was coming back at, at Harwell. I was just hoping to catch a fish because I had to fish. Um, I wasn't allowed to lift more than five pounds. I, I had to practice left-handed for a bit, just a bunch of weird stuff. Mm-hmm. I am fishing relaxed. I top 10 there. I top 10 at fork. Like, it just changed. It slowed me down. And the same thing with, like, the, the kid. You're so used to, like, I need to do this. I need to, need to do that. And finally, you're on the water, and you're just like, you know what? it's not all that bad. I lost a couple of fish. I'm like, I'm fishing, which is what I freaking love to do. It's what I used yeah. to do when I was a kid. Anytime I had free time, now I'm doing it. I'm kind of getting paid most of the time, sometimes more or less than others, but you're like, it's not all that bad. And all of a sudden, like things start clicking, you make better decisions. And dude, it's just, like, I'm a big believer in that is why, because it, it's, it doesn't happen to just like every other person. I mean, it's like, I don't know if you look at the percentages of people that with a kid between zero and one, like it happens to everybody. It's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. And now I think this year I was on the other end of that. My kids are going half crazy and I'm like trying to balance being a dad and all that too. So we, we got a lot going on, but it's Mm -hmm. all up and down, man. (laughs) So, so when you're in like a situation on the water where like you almost start to spin out like that, do you just like take a second like that or do you just keep fishing? Cause I know, like your time is valuable on the water. You're fishing for money. You're fishing for your livelihood. So is there like a break there or you just keep casting? No, I'm, I'm a keep, like I'm, I'm good for a big, a big yell. I might yell something out, you know, but it's like a word or two. And I, I said it before on live by accident. I dropped an F bomb. I didn't even know it. It's just like, <laughs> but I, that's it. I mean, I'm one like, yeah. let's roll. And then I'm literally, you're like a cheerleader. Like people, you know, do you fish for a living? Well, I'm like, yeah, part-time fisherman, part-time trucker part-time cheerleader, you know, a psychiatrist from time to time. I get the camera guy in the boat or I get a co-angler and they're like, what are you saying? I'm like, oh, dude, don't, if you can't hear me, don't worry about it. But I'm going to talk all day. I'm kind of talking to you, kind of talking to me. Mm-hmm. If, you know, fans at home on live, they like it because they're like, I'm walking them through my process mm-hmm. and what's going on upstairs because I'm trying to make it, I'm trying to make it right. And it's like, if you've ever done something like with a, a good buddy that, that's like a coach or whatever and something like, if somebody's talking you through something, generally it's a hell of a lot easier like oh yeah you know, it's simple and you go try to do it yourself and you're like what 
so when I'm fishing, I'm I'm telling myself like, dude, they're gonna like they're gonna be here tonight. We're gonna roll over here. I fish these couple of trees, and I'm gonna sneak off over here. I'm gonna jack two right there. That's my you know, mm-hmm. and it doesn't always happen, dude. But I feel like if I'm like telling my own story and walking myself through the process, it keeps me engaged. Because then it, if you're not, if you don't get bit for like three four hours, and you're like, you turn your head and, and you're not ready for that bite, like that's the one that gets you rolling again. You yep. got to be on your yep. toes. And it is literally, I can't tell you how many times, like when I have missed a bite, like at the last open, just, just for example, cause it just happened in September. The bite was terribly tough. We were at wherever we were at and, um, fall fishing, I'm throwing a frog and like, dude, I just made the cast here. And I'm like, I'll make one more this way. And there's a lot of slot made the cast, but then I trolled off as I made it and just look for a second, a big one just eats it and takes off a hundred miles an hour. And I watched the video like five times. I'm like, maybe I would have missed it anyway because it took off so fast. But I had a bow in my line that was five to eight feet. And when I first set the hook, like it had to take up that slack. And it's because I lost focus for literally one to two seconds instead of finishing my cast and then trolling off, you know? And that's that's the difference sometimes. You get that bite, that was nine o'clock in the morning, you, you settle down and all of a sudden you, you make some stuff happen or you get behind and rush. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. That, that literally like that exact scenario happened to a place that me and Brad go to. I was having like the worst day possible. I was saying every word you could say, we usually record. I turned my phone off, turned my GoPro off. I was like, I'm not recording. I'm just done. And I sat there for like a couple minutes. I was eating my, uh, uh, sandwich, like, uh, uh what do Snacks. I have? My Uncrustable best <laughs> snack you'd have in the water. I was eating my Uncrustable and then I put it down. I was like, you know what? Don't matter what happens. It's fine. But, I cast it out. I was starting to calm myself down. I was like, it's all right, whatever. And I did the same thing. I looked because they were I was coming up to a point and I was like, where do I want to situate myself off this point to fish it? Yeah. You know, really just tear it apart. I haven't caught a fish yet. And I was throwing a Ned rig in like 25 foot of water. I have no front facing. We're on the kayaks and stuff. I'm throwing right. it. And I just feel the hit and the run. And I was like, and I, my focus was so off. It was only for a second, but it took my brain. It felt like molasses to <laughs> pay back attention. And when I finally set the hook, I just felt water Yeah. after it ran. I was like, dude, he picked that thing up, ran 30 feet and then dropped it. I was like, I had plenty, if I just paid attention. And then of course it just derailed me again. And it was like nothing. The, the, the uncrustable moment never happened. And I was just <laughs> peed again. It happens. Dude, I, and that too. I don't know how guys do. There's guys out there that don't eat or don't drink, dude. All yeah, day long. There's no way. Man, that's a big thing too. Like I got deer snacks in my boat. I got sandwiches, fruits, vegetables, treats, candies, like caffeine, different drinks. Like mm-hmm. I got it all. And I every guy that gets in my boat, I'm like, I am the most hydrated dude on tour. I can promise you that. And every time that's no fish bite, you got to take a leak, they're going to bite. But I, I'm ready for them to do that. I tell my guy, we're about to get real close real quick because I'm getting a fish in the boat no matter what it takes, buddy. So, yeah. I can Man, say for the long time, Brad was my fridge because I wouldn't bring water. I wouldn't bring because I would like be so worried. About, I on a kayak, I used to bring like you think the exaggeration, but as all the stuff I brought on one of my big kayaks, I probably could have filled up like my old bass boat. Like I bought as much as I could. Like ten rod, uh, like nine to ten plano boxes, plus some more underneath my seat. Like, dude, I was like, I was making sure the weight capacity was what they said it was, and but I would never bring food and I never bring water. So like halfway through the float, be Brad would look over. He's like, "Do you have any food?" I was like, "Yeah, no, I don't." He, dude, you want the sandwich? I have like an extra one. So he throw me a sandwich, yeah. and I'm eating. It. I was like, "Yeah, I mean, oh, this is really good. like peanut butter sandwich." I was like, "This is really good." And he was like, "Do you have anything to drink?" I was like, "Nope." 
He's like, here, take my water. And I would drink his water. I was like, dude, Brad, thank you for keeping me alive. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, it, it, there's a funny story. The, one of the last times me and Matt went up to a lake here and uh, he, he had a bad day after we got off the water, he ate his lunch. He's like, I yeah. feel, I feel so much better. I'm like, you should have done that out there on the water, dude. I exactly. forgot, it. I forgot to bring it on the water, man. <laughs> so the second I got to the truck, I ate it, and I was like, man, I feel great. You I don't gotta take a break out there. Like, sit down and eat your lunch, but you can take a bite, you know, chew it, cast, rock and roll, whatever you need to do. Yeah, <laughs> yes. I don't waste time. That's exactly how I do it, and it's kind of tough for me to stay on top of the liquids. I, I struggle in the summertime, especially just because. I get so focused on fishing, you know what I mean? So then yeah. after the day's over, I get this massive headache, and I'm like, oh, I feel like crap. Dude, <laughs> I, I used to same same thing, and now it's like if the boat moves or if, if if I need to put a new bait on, like I go back, I just chug one. My mom used to say that when I drink Pepsi when I was little. She's like, no, I don't want you to chug beer when you get older. I'm like, whatever. <laughs> I don't even like beer. I like to chug a beer once in a while, but I don't actually like the taste of beer. Shotgun. But, you know, same thing with water. Like you do what you need to do to get where you need to get. Need to get hydrated. Chug of water, chug a Gatorade. Yeah. Yep, that's exactly what I do. <laughs> Easy. Yep, I I just forget it, and then I chug some of Brad's. So catch <laughs> up. That's fine. Um, so I I noticed on uh, your Bassmaster profile it says uh, you don't view bananas as as a bad omen. Yeah, and it's I, funny you said that because I was gonna say like I love dude one bananas are. Very healthy. I'm getting older, dude. I got this forearm tennis elbow thing going on. I've had PT for now. I'm trying to shake it this year. So, like, bananas are good for the muscles, tendons, all that good stuff. So, mm -hmm. it's just – it's almost like a joke. I just eat them because I like them. Mm -hmm. It's like – I say I don't believe in, you know, bad luck, but I believe in good luck, like, all day long. So, <laughs> I get that man on the boat, and I eat the fire out of that thing. I control the luck. It's all about, like, eating the bad vibes, maybe. I mean, I, I yeah. even keep – they did a Bassmaster article on like good luck charms. Mm -hmm. I keep, uh, if I find change, if it's heads up, I keep it in my cup holder. That's, those are my good, every, every single cent is worth like one good bite. You find a quarter, it's 25 good bites. The, I, I kid you not. The only good classic I had was in Texas. Cause go figure it was the only one that wasn't in the winter. Yeah. Well, and I walked out of my hotel room the last day of practice and like, there was a, literally a mound of change sitting right off the curb. And I was like, Around. like there's no way somebody did this that knows me i kind of like spread them out and i just snatched all the hand the heads up ones that's awesome. like two two bucks i put in my cup holder and i had a good tournament I'm like all right yeah it works the, the banana thing's funny though because me and my bus me and my buddy justin we got this thing where we carry bananas while we're out there on the river and uh he calls it the victory banana he will not eat his victory banana until he catches a fish <laughs> <laughs> I like that until it takes a little longer than other times, and he might be in trouble. Yeah, that's true. But then I, I think, yeah, there was one time he he took like four hours before I ate ate it. I I well, I float floated right by him, and he was just like victory banana time. I'm like, oh, all right, here we go. Bro, I got my victory banana. So that's funny because BP and I share a lot of info. Never we don't share spots. We just talk like general whatever. Mm -hmm. It's just funny like how we joke like how good of luck we each other are. We talk a couple times a day in practice mm -hmm. and if we had a bite in four hours, I can promise you one of us are getting a bite when we're on the phone. I don't know if there's something to that. Like it, it's almost <laughs> like you make, you move, like you're doing, going through the motions mm -hmm. and then you make a change. And that's when you pick up the phone to talk to your buddy or something, because it's, it's like clockwork. And then sometimes it's both of us 
in like a five to seven minute phone call or same thing like on the water when when i fished around him like if his boat's near i'm like yep we're gonna catch him and generally we do if we're around each other it's just funny how it, maybe it's good luck maybe it's it can't just be luck though because dude it's like 95 percent of the time it's ridiculous it's, it's the power of friendship <laughs> That's happened. That's I'm it. telling you, because that's happened with me and Brad to where like we were uh, Dale Hollow earlier this year and uh, he was kept like I was me and Dale Hollow just don't see eye to eye. I don't know why. I know people I know I've watched Brad catch fish. I've got buddies who go down there and catch tanks. I go down there and like I'll catch nothing but 12 inch fish and I might get one good one in a weekend and a musky. And fall. I was and I dude, I had a musky fall. It was that was insane. <laughs> and that's a whole different story. That's but <laughs> oh, dude, it would have been awesome. Dude, it was a big old 10 inch glide bait. And this thing looked like I, I'm six two, and it was half of my body length minimum. Yeah. And I was like, "Oh my god!" And I sat there for like an hour trying to get it to follow, like <laughs> just being an idiot. I was doing like figure eights for like ten minutes. But, that works. Uh, you got the camera rolling usually for somebody. Yeah. Well, yeah, well, that's true. But no, Brad was like, he's like, "Yeah, just go throw over there." You know, I was like, "No, I'm gonna go down here." I left Brad for like two hours, and I came back, and within five minutes of being ne near Brad just set the hood it wasn't a good fish but i got the first fish of the day like 12 hours in it's a good same thing with the attitude like, thing you talk you're next to a buddy you're feeling good just bsing and you catch fish you do the same you, you talk to yourself maybe you catch fish i don't know that's what, what i'm saying I, I wonder if that's because you're focusing on like the conversation and just hanging out and then like it could be just something as simple as dropping your bait like 10 more inches than 100 were or just slowing down because you're focusing yeah. on the conversation. So you're rolling that spinner bait. Just when I caught that hybrid largemouth on Sunday, I literally was starting to talk to Brad. I threw it in there and I was talking to him and I just slowed it. I guess my mind just slowed it down just a little bit and it just cranked it. No, that's huge. Cause it is like, it, even you, know, you joke or I was talking about when you take a pee, like, guess yeah. what? You're not working your bait super erratic when that's going on. So you're slowing down to the same thing. Like when you turn to talk to somebody, you're working the bait. And you turn like this. Well, when you do the, this, you lower the rod tip. Bait falls a little bit, sits a little bit, all that. I mean, makes – and sometimes, like, you can pick up on that. And, like, smallmouth fishing, same thing. When you used to fish with two rods, I used to strap one in the rod on the rod deck, like, just put the rod holder over it. And then I would fish with the other one. And, dude, I kid you not, I could never outfish the rod that was strapped in the rod holder. Huh. Never. Hmm. And it wasn't like, oh, I'd catch 10, it would catch 11. It was like two or three to one. I mean, it was ridiculous how many times that would catch more fish in me. So I, I changed the way I smallmouth fish. Now it's even harder because you can see with forward-facing sonar, you can see with the 360, I want to pitch at everything. But like yeah. that rod that's strapped in will still do the work, dude, and it does more work than I can do a lot of times. It's just it's wild. That's cool. Yeah, so one of the things – It's not cool Mr. rod, though. It's not cool then. Yeah. Well, yeah, you know. <laughs> So one thing, it's not mindset related, but we've had, a, we've had a couple different, you know, pros on the, the show at this point. And I always ask this question, how, what are your feelings with, cause you've been, you've been in the Bassmaster scene for the elites for a little bit now. Uh, and you've kind of probably seen the evolution of electronics a little bit more than even your regular recreational anglers and a lot of the newer guys coming up. What are your thoughts on live scope? Like, uh, and it's, it's, it's another technique. It's another tool. And it's like, the guys that are complaining about it are the guys that aren't putting the time in to learn it. I'm not a big live scoper. I'm, I'm not yeah. great. I mean, I catch every fish, every tournament with forward facing sonar with mega lie with pan out, whatever it is. Like you learn how to use it. It's another tool. Now there are guys that have adapted and that is the tool that they use and they have to use it and they use it when they can like 90% of the time. And, and, and it works. Yeah. Sometimes it shines better than others. I think last year at the end of the season, 
the big problem with, with, with what hurt things was if you go to St. Clair, it's a flat mess of nothing. It is mm-hmm. the best lake in the world to do that at. Then you go to Champlain. I, I catch piles of big, giant smallmouth on rocks and grass. They were gone. And the ones that were there in practice left. Every bass that was caught that was big was on nothing. Out there suspended. And that's what everybody did. Same thing at St. Lawrence. We happened to have three of those in a row. And then it wasn't as fun. But, dude, it, once they dial in where you can see what we're seeing, that's amazing. But, like, it's still it's still a tool. It's like telling, like, oh, sorry, Mr. Uh, Greg Hackney, uh, you've caught too many bass flipping a jig for eight events in a row. We're not going to let you flip your jig anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thing. Greg Hackney grew up fishing a jig. That's what he does. These guys, these younger guys, they grew up looking at their electronics. Don't tell them what not to do because yeah. they're better at it than you are. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Whoever says that, just you, you need to adapt. I'm not. They're beating me, too. But guess what? When we go somewhere else and that's what they do. And you saw it in Okeechobee. I think Koya was 99th or something like mm-hmm. he tried to force that. Yep, so there's yep. times in a place like, guess what? They need to get better at their other techniques. And then you got guys like us that need to get better at theirs. Well, put the time in. It's not going away. Nobody's going to ban it. There's too yeah. much money in the game. And you just, you can't limit. I mean, you can limit the, like the, the inches or the number of screens. I, I wouldn't mind seeing that. Like say, hey, you guys got you know, five screens or 50 to 60 inches or one forward sonar unit. Maybe the guys can't have two on that because that, that gets a little bit ridiculous at times. It's like mm-hmm. I agree. a horsepower or whatever. But there's always going to be forward-facing sonar now. That's that's my two cents, you know. No, I, I no. actually kind of think it's co- cool to watch you guys use it. That's what I'm saying. Like it it can... And it's very cool if you can see the screen. I, they're getting to that now where yeah. everybody like, we're like, oh, God, well, we're getting fired up. And you're just watching something the back of somebody's leg and their and their butt cheeks. I mean, that's not <laughs> super cool, especially if they're not talking you through it. But like, if if you're watching that screen and you're watching that guy's bait and, and he's talking you through, it, that's I mean, it's pretty cool then for sure. Yeah, especially if you're catching big smallmouth, because that's my language, dude. I love smallmouth. Oh mouth. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I hear you. No, yeah, you explained it like the best way. Like I've explained it, kind of. We have the same thought on it. It's a tool. You got to use it. And that example you gave with the jig, I mean, that's exactly, it's like telling KVD you can't throw a crankbait. It is. It, like, there, there is no, no difference. That's what it's not. It literally won't even be fair to the guy. Like, if you're like, hey, it's it's banned next year. If you're going to phase it out, you need to phase it out in like five years. Like, it just because there's guys that literally that's all they've done. And that's like their skill set. And again, there's yeah. nothing wrong. Like, if, they, if you're trying to get better at one thing that is versatile for most events, that's probably it right now. So if you want to be good at one thing, that should be your thing. <laughs> Unless you're down in Okie, because I can tell you those those largemouth are like uh, ghillie suited snipers. Right, they and disappear in veg. And that's the other thing it teaches you. Like you, you really you learn so much more about not only the fish and their behavior, but dude, we are not good as anglers. I mean, there are so many that don't bite. Like again, St. Clair when they're up and they're biting, and you pitch to a ball that and, and they go down and eat it. That's amazing. It's just. Sometimes you hit it right, but there are days I've been out there with guys that are very good with, at the time it was in pan optics and you can cast at 50 or 60 and every other one goes the other way. And it's not always about pressure. Sometimes about timing or whatever it is. And the next day that fish might every eat everything within 30 feet of them. So like, it's just another, like another tool, another way to learn. And yeah. yeah. Hear that. Um, man, I, I just had a question. It just, <laughs> that's not important. That. no it was like right there a second ago dang it i hate that <laughs> <laughs> i think we all do but yeah uh so going into next year i know you you 
are you kind of you explain you know how this year you know what are you kind of what things i don't want to i want to try to say this to where it's not like what are all your secrets uh-huh. kind of because you don't have to worry about the mindset thing because i i agree like whenever you pop up on the when i'm watching the lives or anything whenever you pop up it's always like and i i've even said it to my wife we're watching it upstairs yeah. and she's like you talk about fishing so much i don't want to watch it and i say well that sucks and we watch it anyway <laughs> and uh i i say i was like this is he's happy like 99 percent of the time yeah and i was like hey, i don't know how like because i just you're so much pressure so kind of you, you've got the mindset dialed in controlling the chaos what are the things you're really going to kind of focus on next year you know? yeah for me um i know for me like it's it's time on the water i struggle with that too like I, I don't fish enough and i notice when i've done well it's when i get in the rhythm like the only good run i had was in the middle this year when we had four events in a row it was a lot uh, but that's when I'm at home, I have some other business stuff. I have a little paint company and I have rental properties and whatnot. And I don't do that because, you know, I I make a living fishing now, which is awesome. It took a few years on the elite series, but now I'm working with some great people. I I make a a living fishing, but I also want to be smart about it and plan for my future, my wife's future and kids and have some backup Mm -hmm. plans and some, you know, nobody's putting away money for you unless it's you. So I try to do that as well. But for me, it's, I'm really trying to balance. I need more time on the water. And then balancing what's going on at, you know, the places we're staying at, whether that's with family, friends, other, like, I'm just, like I said, last year was such a weird year. I felt like um, initially we had a couple tough events when my daughter was just born because you're getting used to that. Like, it's a whole nother thing where you come, you can't just focus because that's a new piece in your life, you know? And me and my wife dialed that in really well and we did really good. I made, like I said, I made four classics in a row. And last year, a little bit of it was having two kids. So trying to balance that. And then on top of that, like balancing the schedule, like you don't need to put like learn where every fish is a month before the tournament, but there are tournaments like the uh, February ones in, in general, where January and February are very similar months. Those fish aren't going to travel a lot. Mm-hmm. And I don't mm-hmm. have a lot of experience fishing in January, and February. So like I'm going down to Texas. So I'll spend eight days down there and I go to fork, you know, three or four days and go to Toledo three or four days. That should give me an idea of what the fish are doing. You know, because that same stuff and those same locations could be working in February. That way I'll have a better starting point when I get there. Yeah. On top of that, like, you know, then I'm going to fly back, leave my stuff down there. Before I go on to fish that tournament, I don't want to go home and just not fish for three weeks. So I'm going to come back down and I'm going to spend two or three days at Rayburn before I start Toledo. That way those lakes fish similar. I should be able to get in that mindset. And I'm really trying to do that because not fishing the classic this year, I've got some gaps. I'm really trying to take advantage of that stuff. And, um, you know, put my time in, in those places. And, you know, one of the only other good tournaments I had last year was at Lay Lake where I had never been. And mm-hmm. I caught him on a jerk bait on single pieces of wood and timber and whatnot and brush. Mm-hmm. But like the way I worked the jerk bait on a couple of them, I figured that deal out at home on my little Lake Lansing. Like, again, not a ton of experience with uh, mega live, but I was at home. It was like 41 day went out throwing the jerk bait out there, dude. And I just smashed the water was like 43 degrees. And dude, if it came within, you know, 20 yards of a fish, it was eating. It was amazing. Hmm. Went out five days later, the water was like 52. I'm like, it's going to be game on. And it was total opposite. Like they would all follow. So I started to work on some things like some retrieves, you know, getting the bait down, actually slowing the jerk bait down, like almost like dead sticking it on the bottom. Dead sticking it. And I got bites like that. And I actually caught a couple of really nice ones like that at Lay Lake. Like, and I don't think I would have done that if I hadn't spent those few days just fishing around the house a little bit. So just trying to make sure I fish more between tournaments and make sure I'm, you know, putting my time in those places. I think, and I think that, and then keeping that same attitude, like 
this year was tough for me. Like I really had really hot, especially with the end of the schedule, three small month events. I was feeling mm-hmm. good. And literally the, the two events that I did well at are the two that I had the least experience or the worst record at Sabine river. Dude, mm-hmm. I finished in the nineties, like four or five times. I mean, so you just, mm-hmm. you got to keep your head straight and you don't, you don't ever know what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Time on the water is huge. I like, I I've talked to many guys around here that are all river anglers. And I'm like, you look at one of let's use my buddy Ryan for example. He's on the water 100, 150 days a year, and then there's another buddy of mine. He only fishes 20 days a year. I'm like, they're always like, how does he catch fish so consistent like that? Big fish. I'm like, that's because yeah. he's spending so much time on the water. He knows where they're at every day of the week. So it's yeah, it's not really a guessing game for him. So yeah, and it, it, for sure, there's a, a, a big difference, not a difference with what we do when we have that gap. And I like that break. Like you're talking, like I'd probably spend 150, 100, a lot of days, but a lot of it's tournament days. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I like that break in the fall. Like I, I enjoy hunting a little bit. I enjoy my, my real hobby. I like making money. So I come home and I like to do things where I make money. Cause I like to spend yeah. it too, but I like to get in the woods and play golf, hang out with some friends, you know, we tailgate a little bit, do some fun stuff, play with the kids and stuff. But I like that break of just getting on Lake Erie, you know, once every week or two for a little bit. Because then, dude, when the season rolls around, I am fired up. I got enough positivity to just burn out. I mean, I'm ready to go. And it's all year long. Like, when it's ready, like, I'll practice daylight till daylight, whether it's 12 hours or 15 hours. Like, I control what I control. That's my attitude, and that's how hard I work. And every day on the water, like, whatever time I got, like, I'm putting it in because that's what I feel like I, I need to do, you know, because if I'm not doing that, somebody else is. Mm-hmm. Yep. So uh, before we end this, what what's the uh, event you're looking forward to the most next year? Oh, man, I, I want to say, you know, the Northern Swing, just because I'm like, mm-hmm. dude, it just it can't happen like that twice. Like I've, I felt like I could have could have and should have won Champlain a couple times. Then last year we get up there. and I'm like, this is ridiculous. So what I hope happens, we go there. And everybody does the same thing that was going on this year. And I get to fish everything else myself because mm-hmm. I've just never seen it where they're not like giants up eating perch and stuff. It was just, there was so mm-hmm. many big walleye that used to be like four to five pounds small. I caught like, I kept nine walleye in practice there. So <laughs> I'm always excited about Lake Champlain because of the way it fishes, like power fishing, you know, cranking and top water for big smallmouth. Like you don't get to do that a lot of places. Mm-hmm. I mean, like I did it there. I just, I thought I could catch 18 or 19 a day. And it just kind of got bad. I mean, I had like 17s or whatever. But like, they you guys all had some beat. crazy weather, though, too. He, day one got canceled. Yeah, no, I don't know if that blew them out, like got them in those ditches eating alewife or whatever. But it was just most of them were already out there. But the ones that were up shallow still left. And, like, that's not – usually you can have a lot of fun with shallow rock and shallow grass. And, dude, there's nothing like watching a four- to five-pound smallmouth, like, mm. cannonball a big top water. Yep. <laughs> that's why we fish the river here in Ohio. Yep. It's so much fun. <laughs> I love oh, it's it. the best. <laughs> nice. The best. But Brad, you all good? Anything else? You remember that question? No, I didn't. So it's all oh, good. Well, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> well, Chad, thanks for coming on, spending the time with us, talking about that positivity stuff and then what you're uh, excited for in this next season. Uh, me and Brad will both be rooting for you for sure. Absolutely. I you want to give uh, any shout outs or anything where people can find you on socials? Yeah, man, I'm all on uh, most of it on Instagram at Chad Pipkins and uh, same thing at, at Facebook. Spend, that's where I spend most of my time because time trying to balance it, dude. There's like 78 social media platforms. So I'm like, I can yeah. some of these. I'm not a big multi-bajillionaire YouTuber. So I'm like, let's do this and this. Let's make some money, catch some fish. 
Heck yeah. Yeah, I'm about it. Appreciate you guys having me. Thanks. Heck yeah. Have a good one. Uh, Yeah, guys, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll see you guys next week. Peace.